Hello! My name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 181 of Geekditude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today I am joined by one of the hosts of the Nerdberg Review and our very own GM for As the Dice Roll Cautious Optimism, Todd! How you doing, Todd? Hello! Hey, thank you for having me, Joe. This is great. Definitely. I, I feel bad because there's a whole bunch of people on our network that I have yet to have on the show. I, I went back to look, and I don't think we had a single new guest on Geekitude in the entirety of 2020. So maybe there was a reason. <laughs> maybe we just wanted to bypass guests in 2020. <laughs> well, 2020 was a rough year for a whole bunch of reasons. But I think the worst thing to happen in 2020 was the dearth of guest hosts on Geekitude. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely a, a bad thing that we're going to rectify now that it is 2021. <laughs> uh, so welcome. This is your first time on the show. So we are dusting off our interview questions, which we haven't used since 2019. <laughs> and uh, we're going to ask you a little bit about yourself. So, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, uh, my name is Todd Sullivan. I live in Anchorage, Alaska. Uh, born and raised here, and Alaska is great because a lot of the time it is cold and snowy outside, which gives you a perfect excuse to stay indoors playing video games. <laughs> uh, let's see, forty-two years old, and uh, I have a lot of nerdy, geeky hobbies. I always tell people when when I meet them that I am, you know, like there's this prejudicial idea about what a nerd, what a geek is, mm -hmm. and uh, it, it's that stereotype is, is totally accurate with me. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I am, you know, shy about meeting new people and, you know, leaving my house and stuff like that. I play video games, watch, uh, you know, love Star Trek, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, you know, all, all of those stereotypes pretty much apply to me. I work in IT and I uh, I prefer helping people over the phone so I don't have to be in the same room with them. And <laughs> really, I would I would rather they just email me so I don't even have to talk to them. <laughs> yeah. I, I hear you. I think a lot of people have uh, quite enjoyed the um, the working from home aspect of uh, of the whole <laughs> pandemic simply because there's a lot of us who are are perfectly fine talking to people um, remotely and not having to be around them. <laughs> Working from home is fantastic. I mean, I'm sorry that it took such a terrible thing to make it more more common, but uh, I mean, it's it, it's great for my personality. Mm -hmm. I don't want to leave the house anyway. Mm -hmm. and, you know, honestly, it's good for the environment with less commuting. It's good for businesses. I mean, they could just like sell the building that my office is in. And I could just work from home and it would be fine. And they'd save all that money on rent and everything. I mean. Yeah, I think, I think you're going to see a big change towards that over the next couple of years when people are like, oh, hey, this this doesn't work too badly. This is this is kind of good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for for those of you who have not been uh, followers of Geektitude forever, um, we define Geektitude as kind of your your compilation of things that you're geeky about you know what is your geekitude what are your areas of geekiness and so what are your areas of geekitude 
my I I lean towards sci-fi stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, especially Star Trek, uh, because it is at least the the Star Trek that was around when I was growing up. Uh, I'm an old man now, so the more newfangled Star Treks aren't my jam as much as like Next Generation mm-hmm. uh, was was really my favorite. Um, but you know, Star Wars. I was a big fan of Babylon Five and um, Serenity, Firefly, which of course the GURPS game that we're playing is uh, Firefly-ish in, yes. <laughs> in nature. Um, but yeah, I love and I love real life uh, space, you know, just reading about space science and stuff just as a hobby. But, you know, everything about the mission to the moon, you know, the Apollo missions and and everything in there, our space history and all the exciting things in, in space future. I'm really excited about it in real life. So, you know, that's a, a lot of my geekitude is focused around everything in outer space. Nice. Um, but at the same time, you know, I love Lord of the Rings. My favorite book as a child for a long time uh, was The Hobbit, mm-hmm. which I, I mean, the book, The Hobbit, when you're, when you're a young kid is, is fantastic. I've had a lot of people criticize it as an adult saying, oh, Lord of the Rings is better. And, you know, that's a matter of personal opinion, but The Hobbit was one of the first books as a child that I fell in love with and and realized that, oh my gosh, all of these silly imaginary fantasies that I have as a kid, like somebody had all those fantasies, but wrote them down mm-hmm. and and that's their job. And yeah. that was that was when I first thought, wow, it would be cool to be a writer because, like, you can just make up stories like I do anyway and get paid for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How great would that be? <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe maybe this world isn't isn't so bad if that's a potential job um, yeah. option. Um, but yeah, so Lord of the Rings and uh, you know fantasy stuff. I play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, so I certainly enjoy fantasy things too. Um, play a lot of video games, so I'm a big video game geek, and that's why in the Nerdberg Review, Olinzia, my sister, and I talk about video games. You know, what video games are we playing at any given time? Because that's a conversation that I really enjoy having with my sister, because she's also a big geek, and we've grown up together playing video games together. You know, our, our whole childhood was defined by arguing over who got to play on the Nintendo because you're only two years older than I am. And uh, my brother and I are the same way. We're big um, video game fans. And one of the things that I, I remember the most was like when I was in college and I would come home and he was still in high school. I love watching him play different video games. And I may have told this story on, on, previous shows, but I remember one time he came into my, you know, when you're, when you're in like college age, high school age, you don't, you don't go to sleep, especially during breaks. And uh, he came into my room at like one o'clock in the morning. He's like, so you want to watch me play a video game? And I'm like, well, what game are you watching? Are, are you playing? And he, I, I was, um, I think it was resident evil. And I'm like, you're just scaring yourself. Aren't you? He's like, yeah, <laughs> but I still want to play. <laughs> Yeah, no, you, you gotta love you gotta love siblings bonding over over video games. It's a, it's a pretty special thing. 
That's fantastic. He's like, this game is too scary to play by myself at 1 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, Alinsi and I have talked about video games together our whole lives. And so it made sense to, hey, let's let's do a podcast where we can talk about that and then share that conversation with other people. So, um, so that's a big part of it. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Cool. Are there any areas of geekitude where it's it's just very low? Like you you kind of step out of the conversation when it gets brought up because you don't feel like you have much to contribute. Superheroes, uh, comic books, okay, were a blind spot for me growing up. I just mm-hmm. I just never kind of got into them. Um, and then when I got older you know, and you start playing D and D with people and, and whatnot. And, uh, people start talking about comic books and superheroes and it's like, Oh yeah, I've heard of, you know, Superman. Sure. Yeah. Oh. And, and then you, I try to, I try to like fit in. I'd be mm-hmm. like, Oh, well, you know, does Superman and Spider-Man ever work together? And people are like, Superman's DC and Spider-Man's Marvel. <laughs> you idiot. I'm like, Oh, I, okay. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> But, you know, I get it. That's how I feel when people are like, oh, yeah, uh, Yoda's on the Enterprise, right? And I'm like, those are entirely different franchises. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No. So I get it. I get it. I just, you know, I was ignorant about all that. But I've gotten into superheroes more, um, you know, the Marvel movies were Mm -hmm. a big uh, gateway to superhero comic books and stuff. Um, cause I've really enjoyed them and I got really into, uh, a game that's not around anymore, but it was Marvel. I think it was just Marvel heroes was the name. Yes. One of our very first episodes was on that. That was my favorite role-playing game growing up. Oh, I, I loved that game. Yeah. It's so it- much fun with the, um, I think they call it face rip now. Cause those were the stats F A S E R I P. Oh, wait, I'm talking about a video game? Oh, you're talking a video game. Yeah, we might be talking about different things. Oh, okay, so so <laughs> what, video, what video game were you talking well, about? Because I don't Mar- remember Marvel Heroes. Maybe it wasn't called, maybe I have the name wrong, but it was, it was a Diablo-style game, but with Marvel characters, Marvel okay. Heroes. And it was, uh, I mean, it, when it first came out, I don't think it was very well received. But when I got into it after it had been out for a year or two, I mean, it was it was technically an MMO online game. But, I mm-hmm. mean, it was kind of like how, like Diablo 3, you could say, you, I mean, you can play it with other people, but you can solo it too. And that's how I felt about Marvel Heroes. Okay, um, I think I might remember that a little bit. Like, I think I may have played it a little bit, but not gotten into it, like, hardcore. It wasn't super popular, I feel mm-hmm. like, and that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons it's not around anymore. Is uh, shortly after Disney bought out Marvel, um, Marvel Heroes did this huge revamp, which I think was to try to get more players, and it backfired. It didn't really attract more players, and it alienated yeah. the few of us who were playing because they changed everything, and right. and then it very soon after got shut down. Um, but yeah, I was I got really into that game because I love Diablo style games, you know, your torchlights or mm-hmm. Path of Exile, that sort of thing. And so uh, that type of game, but with superheroes, was really cool. And I kept playing it, 
and seeing or even getting to play as these different characters. And I was like, well, who's this? And I was, I was literally going to like Wikipedia to find out who is this Jessica Jones who keeps giving me quests? What, what is she all about? (laughs) And that was before the TV show or whatever, but right. So I was, I was that video game, weirdly this video game, which wasn't even very popular. And, you know, is this tertiary thing, like the comic books are the core mm-hmm. thing, but it was this side thing that got me kind of sucked into it and starting to learn about the Marvel universe and Marvel characters and everything. Um, and then they, it all just one thing, it all just fed off of each other. Right. Like right. the more, the more movies I saw, uh, the more I enjoyed playing the characters I saw in the movies in this video game. And then the more I played this video game, the more characters I was exposed to. And then I'd read about them more. And then the next time a movie came out, I was more excited about it because I knew more about the universe and it just spiraled. So at this point, I'm pretty, sort of pretty, I'd say I'm medium knowledgeable about the Marvel universe. Nice. Well, since you're such a big uh, RPG fan, I highly recommend digging up. I'll try and find links for you and send them to you. But there is an old RP, like tabletop RPG. And that's where I learned a lot of my Marvel stuff because it, it used this really fun system where you had a chart and you had to like roll um, percentile dice on the chart and see how, how well your attack did. And the, the thing I always thought was unique was you could kind of create any kind of superhero you wanted. Like you could play one of the established ones or you could just from the get go be playing somebody like Thor or Iron Man. And it was really just up to whoever your uh, GM, whatever your GM kind of set as the limits. And so you might want to look into that because I think you'd really enjoy it. It's a really fun game. I I like the sound of that. I like, I like being able to create my own superhero, but also the idea that, Maybe somebody else is playing, you know, Spider-Man. So I can, I can be one of the, I can be my own version of a character in the Spider-Verse. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's a whole, there's a whole large community that follows this game and has just continued, even though it's not around anymore. And actually the system itself has become um, open source. The, the community is still out there and they still have all the stats updated and, uh, stats for different, like they have DC stats for the game. They have um, different fandoms stats for the game. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. I will, I will look into it. That's great. Um, you've mentioned a couple and I think I know where you're probably going to lean, but what would you say your favorite fandom is? My favorite fandom. And that's, that's hard, you know, to pick just one. Mm-hmm. Um. I want to say Star Trek Mm -hmm. because early Star Trek was so important to me and shaping my view of, uh, you know, a lot of things, Mm -hmm. but it's hard for me to say, Oh, my favorite is Star Trek when I'm not super stoked about the new stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause I don't want to be, I feel like if I'm not going to embrace all of a thing, it's not fair to say that's my favorite thing. Right. Like, right. Um, I, I get that, but I think you're allowed. I think if, you know, if next generation was your favorite fandom and, and you still hold on to that as your, I mean, I still, I still put Buffy in my top five, but I haven't read any of the comic books. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I might, I might have to go with Star Trek. Um, 
I I also love Star Wars, and with Star Wars, I do love all of the stuff. Like I even、mm. enjoy the prequels, which a lot of people don't.、Um, <laughs> <laughs> They have their own charm. <laughs> they're they're great.、Um, so I mean, but I guess maybe the thing about Star Wars is like Star Wars is fun.、Mm-hmm. It's it's fun. And there's, you know, there's there's some great lessons and deeper thoughts and all that kind of stuff in there. But there was something about Star Trek、um, that, to me, talked about a brighter future and、uh, something. It was as, it was aspirational. Yeah, it was it was like we as a as a human race can aspire to be better than we are now and to grow and evolve. Not just our technology. But our behaviors and our social norms and just the way we treat people, and we can try to become in the future the ideal that、uh, Star Trek、uh, kind of set. And I feel like that's a greater life lesson or or value to society than what Star Wars provides. So, yeah, no, I definitely hear you. I I was a huge Next Generation fan, and so.、Um, So I, I totally know. I totally get it. Like I totally get it. That was definitely one. Of my, I think that was my first. I could say that was my first fandom. The first group that I really like went to conventions and was、oh. you know constantly waiting for. Because we we had to do appointment television. You and I. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If we wanted to watch it, we either had to program the VCR, <laughs> or,、uh-huh. or we had to make sure we were home and ready to go at that time. So you know, made it.、Um, It was we couldn't just TiVo it or、uh, or stream it. So, oh, very cool. Now, is there anything out there that、uh, you think is is really cool, really awesome? It just hasn't caught on yet. It's maybe、um, not not popular, but you really think it should be.、Uh, anything that's not popular, but I think it should be. Well, there is a. There's this online、um, podcast where people sit around and play GURPS. That, <laughs> I think I think it's called like as as the dice spin or something, and that's <laughs> super good. But you know, it really deserves a bigger following than it has.、Um, I, I guess the first the first thing, honestly, and that was、uh, that was a very transparent plug of the show that podcast that、uh, Joe and I are doing together,、mm-hmm. um, along with some other very great people. But、uh, no, I mean、uh, Dragon Quest, honestly, and I'm, I, and that sounds like oh, I'm on the Geek to Geek network, you know, and Beach is all about Dragon Quest, and he's you know one of the one of the folks on Geek to Geek.、Um, so I'm just you know writing his tail coats and agreeing with every, what he says and all that. But that's not <laughs> that's really not it. I mean, no, honestly, no, no.、Uh, Dragon Quest is a great RPG series. Dragon Quest Eleven is fantastic. And I'm so frustrated when I talk to my video game loving friends who are like, "Oh man, the Final Fantasy VII remake is so great!" And oh man, all of Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy. And I'm like, "Oh well, if you like Final Fantasy, you should try Dragon Quest XI. Dragon Quest is great." And they're like, "Ah, psh, no, <laughs> I'm not going to play that. That game's lame." I'm like, "If you love Final Fantasy, I think there's a lot in Dragon Quest you might like too. Give it a try." But anyway, I think I think Dragon Quest deserves more respect in the、uh, um, in the West than it gets. 
Well, with the exuberance that that Biche talks about it, like it has definitely been. If I had more time, <laughs> I tend to find, fill up my time very quickly. But if I had more time, that would definitely be on the on the short list of things that I would be playing. Yeah, well, try Dragon Quest Eleven when you know when you run out of all the other fun video games to play, and you're looking for something to do. Try Dragon Quest Eleven; it's really, really good. Awesome. Yeah, I definitely need to to, to check that out. Um, I know that you are working on, you have, um, you have our show, you have, uh, the Nerdberg review. What do you have anything else you're working on right now? Any other geeky projects that you're, um, engaging in with? Uh, well, you know, like a lot of people, I'm trying to write a book. Um, and I've been working on it for years. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's uh it's one of my I've, I've always wanted to be a writer mm-hmm. like that was my dream way back when i read the hobbit you know like and that's something i've always kind of pursued but never hard enough and mm-hmm. uh so that's that is a project um and i almost feel bad mentioning it because it's one of those things that I have talked about a lot, but I've never actually finished this particular book. So at some point it kind of feels like I'm all talk and not enough action. So, but I don't know, maybe, maybe if I keep talking about it, that'll motivate me to keep working on it and actually finish it. Have you ever done NaNoWriMo? I did. I did try NaNoWriMo um, one year. And that was when I wrote the first version of this book. Mm -hmm. Um, but I ended up not liking what I wrote during rhyme, rhyme, monomino. And (laughs) so I deleted it all and I started over. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause I know my husband, he, he found that to, to be a good kind of motivator for him. He got it really far into his book because he was doing, you know, and not, not that he was like following it, but he, he he used kind of the same tools and he made sure that he was doing it in November. So that way everybody was encouraging each other to, to write. And so he found that to be a very uh, useful, useful little push to get his stuff done. Um, He's now stuck and mired into the, in the editing phase, which he is not enjoying. (laughs) That's the phase I'm in too. I finished the rough draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I felt like I had to push myself so hard to get the rough draft done. And once I finished it, I thought, okay, well, cause I've written, I mean, it's not like I've never written anything and so I decided to start with this book. Like I've, I've written, um, a whole bunch of short stories. I wrote articles that I tried to get, that I submitted for magazines, you know, back when I was a teenager and magazines were made of paper. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, and I've, I've written a whole bunch of stuff. And so I, I, I thought, man, um, once I, once I do this, once I get the rough draft done, that's the hard part. And then editing, it's not so bad. You can just read it over a few times, correct some mistakes, make a, make a few changes and then bada bing, bada boom, you're done. So like, I, I thought that the editing part would be the easy part, but there's something about writing something of this length that makes editing for me, at least exponentially more difficult than my short stories and things I've done mm-hmm. in the past mm-hmm. um, where now there's, there's like times where I'm like, Oh man, maybe I should change this thing. And then I realize, but that's going to have implications on like six or seven other places in the rest of the book 
that I can remember and might possibly have implications on things I'm not remembering right now. Right. So, oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like he, he's been stuck in that phase for a while and, and um, you know, he, he farmed it out to a bunch of us to, to read and we gave feedback. And so he's like, all right, back to the drawing board. And it just does seem like you're, you can, you can um, tinker with it kind of endlessly. <laughs> yeah. It's really, it doesn't sound like writing for a lot of people is something that's ever really finished. You just finally get to a point where it's like, all right, this is, this is as good and as good as I am willing to let it be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I, um, so for years I drew a comic strip, a web comic strip, you know, mm-hmm. where I just, I just got my own web page <laughs> and just so self published, I guess, kind of, but you know, I had, I had been reading Penny Arcade and I had read eight bits Mm-hmm. Um, 8-Bit had done the Final Fantasy Sprite comic, and I loved it. And all I'd gotten into reading all these other web comics, and so I was like, I, "This is great!" Instead of writing, I'm gonna I'm gonna put writing aside, and I'm gonna make a web comic. And uh, there were some there were some obstacles. I didn't know how to draw, which, <laughs> which makes things a little bit more complicated. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, "How hard could that be?" Um, so I, I, I'm, I still can't really draw. I'm, I'm not a very good drawer, but I did, uh, I did good enough that I, for my, you know, when you're self publishing, um, I've always been the kind of person who just kind of does a thing and doesn't know what he's doing and messes it all up. Mm-hmm. And, but ki- I kind of just do it anyway. <laughs> and, uh, so that's how I was with the comic strip. And just threw up poorly drawn what I thought were funny cartoons. And, but it, it got to be really difficult because after I had been doing it for a while and I started thinking, okay, now I want to improve and be better. I would try to work really hard on the comics and it would be like 10 o'clock at night. And for me, that's bed, that's bedtime. I go to bed earlier than normal people, but anyway, and I would be like <laughs> this, this cartoon, it's not, perfect it's not perfect and i wanted it to be perfect but i either have to post this or i have nothing for tomorrow and i just have to put a blog post that says sorry guys no comic today mm-hmm. and that that deadline just kind of forced me to say okay well i guess it's good enough i'll try to do better tomorrow and that at the very least it led to me actually putting out a lot of cartoons That's and awesome. so when i when i have this like you were saying, this novel that I'm working on, you can tinker with it forever. And there, like, there is no deadline. There right. is, there is no 10 o'clock at night. I either post this or don't. And then everyone's disappointed because nobody's expecting this book. I could just keep tinkering with it for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. maybe that's a problem. Maybe at some point I just need to say it's time to put the book to bed and I'm just going to, send it out there into the world and try to do better on the next book. <laughs> At least that way I've finished something and that right. maybe is better than trying to make it perfect and then never doing anything at all. Yeah. And now is it uh, sci-fi or fantasy? It's modern day. Oh, nice. I know. I talked a lot about how sci-fi is my favorite thing, but no, <laughs> <laughs> So you would think, oh, uh-huh. and then I talked about The Hobbit being my inspiration. So yeah, I can see where you would assume it would be 
sci-fi or fantasy, but no, it's modern day. It is about this guy that uh, the only job he can get is in IT, but he doesn't know anything about computers. He's not a geek. And so the whole book is him learning about geek culture and geek society and how to fix computers and eventually making friends with his geek uh, coworkers and finding out that he kind of likes geek stuff. That's awesome. <laughs> we don't have enough uh, geek representation in uh, in literature, so I think that's awesome. Well, I hope so. If I ever finish it, <laughs> <laughs> I hope people think it's awesome. It's supposed to be kind of funny, and it's supposed to be kind of a comedy, I guess is how you would de- define it. So Nice. A geek comedy. Very cool. Well, like thank a you. Greek comedy, but much more. <laughs> Greek comedy, geek comedy. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you for sharing yourself with us. It's so nice to. I, I I've missed these questions, and and thank you for for being so thorough with them because I know sometimes I'll ask the questions and people are like Star Trek, and that's all I get. <laughs> so this is it is nice to brush them off and 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 learn about about somebody else who loves geeky stuff. Well, I'm glad you appreciate the thoroughness because I was worried that I was talking too much. No, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to move on to the our weekly geekery. What what have you been What have you been doing most recently? What have you been geeking out about right now? Uh, right now, well, I got for Christmas. I got a bunch of uh, Lego sets that are oh, nice. You know. Uh, and I, I know I'm a 42 year old man who enjoys building Legos, but you know, this is who I am. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, so I'm in the middle of building a Lego stormtrooper helmet that I got for Christmas. Oh, I guess very cool. hell it's, I, it's like, you know, it's like a head, mm-hmm. but it's a stormtrooper. So it's really just the helmet, you know what I mean? But anyway, right. right. <laughs> so I'm putting that together and then I have a Lego, um, uh, overwatch set, um, the uh, Wrecking Ball, which if you play the Overwatch game, it's one of the playable heroes, and he's a super intelligent like hamster mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. inside a giant mechanical robot that is in the shape of a ball. So it's like a gerbil ball, mm-hmm, but, it, mm-hmm. uh, but it's got guns. Nice. Um, so <laughs> anyway, I, I, I play Overwatch periodically with a group of friends who are really into it. So I play that with them and uh, he's one of my favorite uh, characters. So I've got him as a Lego I need to put together. Uh, and my sister got me a Lego astronaut I need to put together. So yeah, I've been, I've been building a lot of Legos lately. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Well, what are you, what have you been into geek wise? Um, I have been doing a lot of editing, <laughs> a lot of editing, but, yeah. uh, but the, the episode two of as the dice roll went out on Friday. And so that's now up. And so that's the, the horse feather saga, which is a completely different tone <laughs> than, than ours. Um, it's, uh, it's fantasy and it's, I think I've mentioned on uh, a couple of our, you know, before we've started recording our episodes that it's a little bit of a murder hobo campaign where we just kind of dive through and cause havoc. And, you know, there's a, there's a fun story associated with it, but the ridiculousness of the characters, I think is what makes that one uh, particularly fun to play. So, so that's, I'm I'm really looking forward to listening to that because I, I heard the trailer and it sounds like there's a lot of humor in it. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and the fun thing is, is I'm so used to, and have been working with for so long at this point, other podcasters that it was really fun to get together with a bunch of people who I, I really did bully them into, <laughs> into doing this as a, as a podcast. I was like, we're putting you on the show. You just don't have a choice. That's it. And they're like, Oh, oh okay. And so, you know, I posted the episode last night. It's we're recording this on uh on Saturday the 9th and I have been getting constant texts from them because this is the first time they've ever put their voices out there. So that's yeah. just kind of fun and exciting because it's, it's neat to see them get excited about it and, you know, self-conscious about their voices. And my brother happens to be one of the players and he says he has trouble here figuring out which one's him and which one's me because we have very <laughs> similar voices. So, so that's been, well, that's been fun. They are very lucky to have their first experience with this, uh, to be with somebody who is a podcasting, you know, pro like yourself, who's doing the editing and stuff for them. I mean, the first podcast I made, I had to edit myself and I didn't know what I was doing. So right. I did not sound as good as you are going to make your, you know, your, your team, your players sound. Yeah, no, I, I, we, we talked about that. I think a little bit the last time we, we played because yeah, um, all of us kind of just started somewhere <laughs> we had to figure out, we had to get used to our voice. I don't know about you, but that was the hardest thing for me was getting used to hearing myself on, on audio. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very judgmental when I listen to my own podcasts and stuff like, Oh, I, I sound terrible. And why did I say that? And Oh my gosh, that was a dumb <laughs> thing to say. And then whatever. Well, in this group, all of us have very um, breathy laughs. And so a lot of my editing was just taking out this like wheezing sound that all of us were making at the same time. Um, so, you know, it's fun. It, it, it's been fun. We've been doing that. And then um, I, I have talked my husband into starting Supernatural. I know it is a slog because there's 15 seasons, but uh, I, I – it is very rare when I can find something that my husband likes that is geeky. And so um, the oh, fact he's that I, not, he's not a geek then not at all, not at all. Uh, he, he considers himself a nerd. He likes geography and, um, and weather and his big hobby that he got into over the summer, because you know, we're all stuck at home is he started an aquarium. And so there, you know, he, he, he likes that kind of stuff. And he's just never been terribly comfortable with um, fantasy. So like World of yeah. Warcraft he and Lord of the Rings. He likes real stuff. Um, okay. So he, he enjoyed Grimm when that was on. I don't know if you ever saw the TV show Grimm. No, but, I don't uh, remember that. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, it's like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Supernatural. Um, but it's uh, the fact that like grim fairy tale characters are actually real. They just look like normal people unless you have this gift. And so um, it's kind of a monster of the week regular, you know, every week there's a different fairy tale monster that the, the group goes after, but he really liked that. And I'm like, well, maybe you'll like supernatural because it is kind of the same thing. It takes place in modern day. Um, you know, the guys are fun to, to watch. And so maybe you'll like that. So we've started just kind of dipping our toe into supernatural. Okay. Is he taking to it? Do you think? Yeah. Usually if he doesn't like something, he'll be like, you know, he'll talk through it. He'll talk throughout it and kind of oh. <laughs> point out all the different things that don't make sense, but he hasn't been doing that. So that usually is a good indication, at least initially that he he's interested. He's like actually paying attention instead of just a mystery science theater, 3000 in the show. 
Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I mean, Wonder Woman was rough. <laughs> we went to the drive-thru for Wonder Woman and we're sitting there and he keeps asking me questions. And I finally just started answering with him because it's not a good movie, man. It's just not, I can't, I can't answer you with something logical. It's just not a good movie. <laughs> oh. Um, and then you're, you're a wow player. Yeah. 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 I am, uh, uh, casual wow player. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, I, I have been, um, my, I just got into a guild in like September that really is, is trying to raid and they are, are, our raid leaders, our guild leader and our raid leader are both former like hardcore raiders that are just like, we don't like getting yelled at and we don't like yelling at other people. So we're just not going to do that in this guild. And so, okay, so you've just decided to fail and never progress. <laughs> no, actually, we got three. We got three bosses down on uh, Thursday. We're going to go back in again tonight and try and get a couple more. And it's just so much fun to be with a bunch of people that are encouraging, and they'll call out, "Hey, you know, watch this. Make sure you're you're taking care of that." You know, they'll they'll kind of remind you of things. But I've been in guilds where people are just yelling at you and what's wrong with you and no, you can't come with us tonight. Cause not everything's completely up to date on your character. And so it's just been nice to kind of go in and play with a bunch Don't of fun. work on your gear score noob. Yeah. Yeah. There's none of that. And she, she uh, our, our guild leader even starts every night. We're not forcing you to go out and get like the top rated gear to go into this. If you want to awesome, but nobody's forcing you to do that. We're just coming in and having fun. And if we can't get down a boss, then we'll just go, you know, run some uh, mythics or some dungeons and, and try and get the gear score up a little bit and try again. And, and I, I imagine love- that conversation happening while like you're all dead in a, <laughs> in a boss room waiting for the healer to run back and res you guys. Mm-hmm. And she's like, so, uh, you guys don't have to get better here, <laughs> but you know, like it might, might be nice. <laughs> if no, we could win sometimes. Well, we tried to do it just before the holidays. The the week before the holidays, we we went in a couple times and we got to a one where we're like, we're just not gonna down this. We're just not ready. But you know, if everybody's playing around for the next two weeks, you're gonna get gear. You're gonna find upgrades. And we'll go in and we'll try it again. And sure enough, we got them down this week. So so yeah, that's what I've That's doing. awesome, man. That sounds great. Yeah. I think I think what you describe is the ideal guild situation for most casual WoW players. It, it really I, is. Yeah. I have never gotten into raiding because I've never um had enough people that I played with to make that a reality. I've never really joined a guild. I literally have joined guilds just so people will stop inviting me. And then <laughs> I don't interact at all until eventually they kicked me for inactivity. Right. And right. I'm like, Ugh, I'm going to start getting those whispers again where people are inviting me. Ugh. Yeah. You're um, running around and then there's that big crash sound. And you're like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be part of the, a really inappropriately named guild that just invited me. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, guys, I'm, I'm farming for pets right now. Okay. Right. right. I'm doing pet <laughs> battles. You don't want me. <laughs> okay, in your hardcore raiding guild, I'm not what you're. It's not you, it's me. <laughs> I'm casual. I'm dressed like an idiot. Um, you didn't look at my gear score. Obviously, you're just inviting anyone without a guild, and I'm busy trying to win this pet battle. You don't want me. 
<laughs> See, I, I would, I would accept those invites. A yes, so that they would stop inviting me, and also so it would have my, um, my Hearthstone cooldown. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, you know, I'll just accept the first one so that my my uh, Hearthstone goes from thirty minutes to fifteen minutes, and I'm uh, I'm good to go. <laughs> there you go. Thanks for the guild perks, chumps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But no, it's definitely nice to have a group that you enjoy playing with that, you know, like I got a little gear um, and uh, people I, I miss, I miss joking around. In fact, that's, that's how I met most of the people in the, the horse feather saga um, game that we're playing is uh, drew. Our, our DM is the, I met him playing. Wow. Um, my brother and I were in the guild. He was in the guild. Charlie was in the guild. And then Chris, was one of Drew friends. And so that's how that's how we got our little Dungeons and Dragons group together is because um we all met playing well. That was the last time I had a really before this, that was the first, last time I had a, a really good guild with people I really connected with and enjoyed. So it's nice to have that again. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Running uh raids or doing Mythic Plus or something is something I've I've always heard about. And it always kind of bugs me that there's like this huge piece of content. Mm-hmm. That for a lot of people is the main point of the game, um, and I've I've never really gotten to experience it. But at the same time, I'm yeah probably not really committed enough to com- to do those really hard things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you know, eh, what can you what can you do? Hey, as long as you're having fun, that's what counts, right? Yeah, I'll just keep collecting pets. It works for me. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about, we've mentioned it many times already, but we're going to talk about as the dice roll and specifically uh, GURPS and, and cautious optimism. So we'll be right back. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games! Star Wars! Comics! Movies! K-pop! Disney Plus! Keanu! Keanu Reeves! New! Or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep, and each other in real time, and we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. All right, we're back. And today we're going to talk about, we'll we'll be be talking a lot about As the Dice Roll, I would imagine, since that's how the two of us kind of got connected. But, uh, you know, about tabletop games and running those games and and GURPS, because not a lot of people play GURPS. (laughs) So what what was the the thing that inspired you to pick the GURPS system to to run uh, the Cautious Optimism game on? Well, I've always been really interested in GURPS. Because I have, I mean, I love Dungeons and Dragons, Mm -hmm. but I have always wanted to play games, uh, you know, tabletop role-playing games in different settings. 
Right. And, you know, I played the Star Wars uh, or one of the Star Wars, you know, tabletop role playing games. And I love that. And I've played Paranoia, um, which is mm-hmm. a dystopian sci fi type game. And I've loved that. And one of my friends who loves Cthulhu convinced me to play in uh, the Cthulhu RPG that he GM'd. And uh, it was it was interesting uh, except I don't think the Cthulhu RPG has a way to actually like win and level up. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> like every time we played, I ended up and all the other players, we all ended up dead. And right. he was like, well, what you, what you really probably should have done was to set or the other. Um, Cause I'm always like, okay, I take out my gun and I shoot the thing. And he's like, it's a, it's an immortal demon from beyond Pluto or something. I don't understand. Cthulhu. <laughs> But he's like, it, it. You shoot it, and the bullets bounce off. And I'm like, ah, oh, you need. You have to have a magic weapon to damage this guy. Does anybody have a plus one on their gun? <laughs> it's like it's not Dungeons and Dragons, Todd. You can't just kill everything. You're supposed to solve the puzzle. I'm like, ah. Anyway, um, my point was originally that I like playing D and D style games in other genres, right? In mm-hmm, other places, mm-hmm. but every time. You got to buy a whole bunch of new books and you got to read all the rules and learn how to, how the rules work and learn how to play. And it's kind of a big barrier to entry. Right. Um, And then I heard about GURPS, which is uh, supposed to be kind of generic where you can, you can use the GURPS rules to play in a fantasy setting like Dungeons and Dragons if you want, but you, they've also got rules for spaceships and they've got rules for slug throwing, you know, guns, uh, bullet shooting guns. And, you know, you can customize it a lot as well. Um, so the idea is if you learn the GURP system, you could use it to play anything. Yeah. And I love that versatility. Yeah, definitely. It was funny because when, um, I guess you talked to Beige about starting an actual play. Mm-hmm. I think that may be how it, it all got started. And I know I had mentioned a couple times that I wanted to start an actual play. So he <laughs> tossed the two of us on a, on a thread together and was like, figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so our conversation was something I'm like, all right, which one of us is editing and which one of us is, is GMing. And, uh, and as soon as you said GURPS, I'm like, yes. Because I have, I have so many GURPS books, Todd. Yeah. I don't think I've even talked to you about this. I have so many GURPS books. Because to me, it was like, even if you never played GURPS, you could use all the resources in it to create material for any other game you're playing. Sure. And so, so I made so many characters, so many characters using GURPS, but I have never played before. And so to get the opportunity to play this, I was, I was so excited. Um, so thank you for choosing <laughs> for choosing GURPS because it has been something that I've wanted to play forever. Well, um, I mean, I'm in the, and I'm in the same boat. I've want I've been interested in it and wanting to play it for years. And I convinced my regular group of, of uh, gamers to play it a couple of times, and then they weren't interested because they just wanted to play more Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, fine. Um, but yeah, so I've also wanted to play it forever. So this is really exciting just that we get to use the system finally. Mm-hmm. Now, when you, how, how many, like, are you, would you say an experienced 
GM or are you a, you know, a relatively new, or do you usually play more than you GM? Like, what is your style of tabletop gaming? I guess I'm an experienced GM. I feel bad saying I'm experienced because I'm not, I don't feel like I'm very good at it, but I've done it a bunch. Mm -hmm. And I guess experience is just a matter of time, not necessarily success. So. <laughs> well, what is your, I mean, we were starting to talk a little bit about it during break. And that's why I, I quickly hit record. Cause I'm like, we're going to lose all of our good stuff. Um, <laughs> what, what is your, like, what is your approach when you start a new game uh, as a GM? What do you, what do you look for? How do you, how do you set it up? Well, when I, when I start a game, I always like, usually I have to say, okay, let's try to have one good game. And if people like it, then, you know, have it in a place where we can expand it and have future games with these same characters and stuff. Cause you know what I mean? Like with, mm -hmm, when you're, mm -hmm. when you're playing any kind of tabletop role-playing game, you know, in meat space in real life, uh, sometimes it just doesn't work out. The players don't like the game or the players don't like each other or something goes wrong and it ends up, uh, or there's scheduling conflicts. Mm -hmm. Scheduling role-playing games is maybe the biggest challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Which but, we have we have experienced. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we probably have, I don't know, eight or nine sessions under our belt at this point. But I think maybe a third of them were actually on days that they were originally supposed to be on. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. That, I think you're about right. Um, but yeah, so I, I usually start out by just trying to have one fun game and then see if people like it enough and if it works out to become a campaign. Mm -hmm. um, and I do I do have probably more. I, I GM a lot more than I get to play these days. Uh, it started out with me being the player because I didn't know what I was doing. Right. And so other people would GM and I would play and it was fun. But when I wanted to play the Star Wars game is when my group said, well, Todd's the one who wants to do it. So Todd's going to have to read the books and figure out how to do it and then be the GM. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, okay, I'll do that. And uh, so that's when I started GMing. And then with the group I play with now, I GM D&D &D for them almost all the time. Um, so I don't get to be a player very much anymore. And I love GMing because you get to create worlds mm -hmm. and you get to, you get to set up. You don't tell a story exactly because the players do a lot of the telling of the story, but it's kind of a collaborative project where you lay the groundwork. Right. And then you, you get to, you, so you get to build the world and you get to lay the foundation and then you tell the story with the players. But, you know, as somebody who, you know, I said earlier, I want, I'm an aspiring writer or whatever, as somebody who wants to be a writer, obviously world building and storytelling is something I enjoy. And being the GM lets you really dig into that. Uh, so I like that. But it's a lot of work. And it is. It's it's a lot of work. And it's kind of nice to be able to just sit back and be a player sometimes too. Yes. So, I mean, like, spoiler alert, we haven't announced this yet. I mean, it's no secret that I'm putting together uh, my own campaign on As the Dice Roll. But I'm going to GM that one. And uh, Todd's actually going to be a player, which we're very excited about. Because the first thing I did was extend the, the the invitation to Todd and Drew because I I know how it is 
not to be able to play because everybody expects you to GM. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was like, we're going to give you guys <laughs> first, first dibs. Um, Drew's Drew's an accountant. So he's like, um, not doing anything until after April. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I was like, okay, all right. But, uh, but yeah, Todd will be joining a, a very interesting, fun group of, of players that, uh, that I think everybody will be very excited to, to listen to. I'm I'm excited. I think I think it'll be fun. Yeah. Um, um, but as a I mean as a GM, when I when I put together uh, an adventure for D and D, I usually I usually think in terms of okay, if we're gonna do a dungeon, we have to have like a reason. Kind there has to be like a story behind it. Mm-hmm. Like why does the dungeon exist? You know why are the heroes getting sent there in the first place? That kind of thing. And then how am I going to reveal the secrets of the story as the players go through it? I try to always have a puzzle. I love, I love dungeons to have puzzles, especially if they're riddles. I love riddles and puzzles. I try to have at least one of both of those. And the riddles honestly probably just goes back to me reading The Hobbit and loving the riddle scene between Gollum you know, and mm-hmm. Bilbo and thinking as a little kid, Oh, riddles should be in every dungeon. And here I am as a grown up thinking, yeah, riddles should be in every dungeon because it was in the first book I read about fantasy stuff. Anyway, I like it. And uh, and then you map out, you know, some bad guys and, you know, throw it together and call it good. But when you play a game, but when I GM a game like GURPS, it's entirely different, or at least the GURPS game we're playing with you guys, because the because as a dice roll or cautious optimism specifically is not a murder hobo game mm. so it's not about well there has to be traps and puzzles and a bunch of monsters to fight instead it's a lot more book writing world building like creating the sci-fi universe in terms of oh should i make up a cool new alien species to introduce in this episode uh, let's come up with a couple of different ways to solve whatever the mystery is or whatever the situation is, or let's just give the, let's come up with a choice and give it to the players and just see what they do. And that honestly is a lot harder than preparing the type of D and D dungeon crawls that I do. Mm-hmm. Because when I talk, like I want to give you guys a lot of choice, mm-hmm. right? But at the same time, you guys make decisions that I don't predict. And then all of a sudden I have to figure out what happens next on the fly. And that's, that's hard and a little scary <laughs> in the middle of the game. Uh, when you guys are like, Hey, uh, let's do this, this thing. I'm like, okay, well, I need two or three hours to prepare that. <laughs> Like, no. Okay, we'll just go. We'll just go try and unlock a door. Sometimes that's true. It's it's so funny because we've got, like I said, we've got eight or nine sessions below, under our belt, and so we know what's kind of happened to these characters in April. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, and so it's hard not to like spill the beans about where the mysteries are going or what the b- world building's like. Um, what, what, what kind of inspired the, the initial setting? Because, um, anybody who's listened to the first episode knows that we're, we're on Falcon Rock. There's a lot of birds everywhere. <laughs> I love bird people. Um, what, what inspires you to create those kind of like, where, where do your alien concepts come from? 
Well, the bird people, sadly, is not my strongest uh, uh, creative moment. Okay. <laughs> in in the D&D games that I've been playing with my, my regular group, years ago, one of my players came to me and said he wanted to be a bird man. Mm-hmm. And... I said, great. And I didn't have the books or whatever that the actual bird people are in. So we just made up a bird species character plate for him or template um, Mm -hmm. for his character. And he played as Birdman for a long time. And as we, as he continued to play it, eventually I had the characters go to the bird kingdom, you know, and meet other bird people. And so as a result of that, the Bird people race has become a regular component of my D&D game. Nice. And as I was going through the GURPS book, I saw they had a rule. I think they had, yeah, they had rules for being able to fly with flapping, you know, with wings. And I thought, bam, bird people. (laughs) They're coming to GURPS. Well, and they're hilarious. Like they're very fun to interact with because it's, (laughs) they're, they're, I think with the first episode, you described them a little bit like Big Bird, and they are very kind of just spacey and <laughs> very easily insulted, and they're just fun to interact with because you just you're they they really are alien. They they have a very different way of looking at things and a different culture to them, and so it is very fun to <laughs> to, to try not to get into trouble <laughs> because you're going to do something culturally wrong. Well, thank you. I'm I'm glad I'm glad you like them. It was it was it was kind of easier to bring in uh, something that I had already kind of polished in my D and D games for years, mm-hmm. and just kind of adapt them to an outer space sci fi world. But uh, yeah, they they are like I think of them as like Big Bird, except not nice, not as nice as Big Bird. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're definitely, they're, they're definitely not goody two shoes, big birds. <laughs> um, and then you, you, at the beginning, uh, when you were telling us about what our setting was that we could create and you, you created the, the Matorb, but you kind of gave us the opportunity to do whatever. That, that's one of the cool things about Todd's campaign. If, as you start to listen to it, you're going to find out we've got a lot of, leeway in how we create the world so if we want a species we can add a species if we mm-hmm. want to create the culture for that he lets us create the culture for that so what what made you what inspired you to do the matorb because you came up with you're just like here's a here's a space here, here's a species do something with it <laughs> well the in the matorb was a combination of uh in in all of my sci-fi things i really love it when the aliens are different from Mm -hmm. humans as much as i love star trek unfortunately just because of budget limitations and whatnot all of the aliens are just humans in makeup right and that's fine but when we're talking about an outer space audio podcast you know i'm like oh the aliens don't have to just be humans in makeup they could be crazy they could have four arms or they could be birds you know they could do anything Right. So I'm, 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 I have that thought in my head that I want the aliens to be really alien and really different from us. And I'm going through the book and they have rules for if you'd like to have more than one arm or more than two arms, here's the rules for that. And I'm like, bam, four arms. <laughs> totally um, different from humans. 
Yeah, and I had fun. I, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll be honest with you on why I chose to play a Matorb. Because I looked at it and I was like, I have GM'd enough that I know when I get really excited and put something out there, I really hope somebody's going to pick it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, what can I do with this character? And you, you let me kind of just create the entire background for this species and it was a lot of fun and so i i'm i'm excited to see what we can do to kind of tell that species story just because it's it's i think a little bit different than you sometimes see in sci-fi i i was really excited that you took that opportunity to write a whole background you create you not only did you take the matorb and create their culture and their history in the outline that you wrote out, but you also created the other species um, and how they interact with the Matorb in a, in a very bad way and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you really, you create, you did a, a chunk of world building there for me that I was able to just take and integrate into the game. And that that's fantastic. I think the, the strong point, the, the best thing about tabletop RPGs is that we are all, the GM and all of the players together, we're telling a story together, we're creating a story together. Mm-hmm. And so to have you uh, take that opportunity and run with it uh, I, was great. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, I, I enjoy playing him. I can't, I can't wait to see what, what we do. The, the other thing I noticed, and again, I don't want to give away spoilers, so I can't get into too much detail, but you seem to be the king of... of no win situations. <laughs> oh, not in a bad way. A, yeah, no, not in a bad way. It's kind of like God, you're like, the king of just screwing us over all the time. <laughs> no, it's like we have to make these really like like we have to really think. All right, how are we going to do? Like, what are we going to do in this situation? Because there's not an easy. You don't give us easy outs, and I think it's very it's very tempting for somebody who's running a game to be like, all right, well, here's the good decision. And here's the decision if you want to be the bad people. And and you don't really do that. You're kind of like, there's, you definitely feel when you play in your game that there are consequences to your actions. And and so, like, like do you, do you tend to do that in a lot of your games? Or did we just luck out? Um, it's kind of, because, because GURPS doesn't have, we're not doing dungeon crawls which is what I do a lot of the time in my other games. I had to come up with a a story, you know what I mean? Like for you guys to interact with a a kind of dungeon of words. And uh, I feel like uh, I'm not doing a good job answering this question. No, I don't do it as often in my D and D games because it's so much easier to just say, here's some hard monsters and, oh, can you solve this riddle? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. creating the GURPS game is a lot harder than that because I don't have that crutch to fall back on. Okay. So instead, I, I have to create things for you guys. Instead of things for you to fight, I have to create things for you guys to figure out or not even figure out, but just decide, make decisions. I'm always mm-hmm. trying to give you guys opportunities to make decisions um, where I'm like, okay, well, if this and this and this, what are you guys going to do about it? Right. Well, and and that's, I think, one of the things that's the most fun about the game is 
it feels like there, like like I said, the, there's consequences to actions. It feels like there's a weight to the action. So it's not just like, okay, if you know, if we do something bad to this character, it's not going to bite us in the ass later on. Um, it really does feel like, all right, if we do A, it's going to have ramifications to B. And considering we know about what three planets, four planets at this point in this giant universe. Um, we're already <laughs> already making decisions that we're like, this is going to have like galaxy wide implications. We got to be really careful with what we do here. And I don't think I've ever played in a game that has had those kind of stakes where you can actually feel the weight of the decision. And I think that's really, really cool because it's not something I've, I've experienced in a game before. Well, well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad that's, that's exactly what I was going for. <laughs> I, I love the idea, like when you when you study history of the real world, there are so many times when the world has been shaped by small, seemingly innocent decisions, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where somebody did a thing that made sense in the moment or made sense for them. And next thing you know, you know, whole governments are shifting and, and <laughs> nations mm-hmm. are falling or, you know, and uh, I like the idea of, what what is it like for that person? That's just average Joe who got up in the morning and was just going to live his life, and suddenly he has he is presented with a choice that will affect people for hundreds of years or what have you. And uh, I don't know. I just, I think it's fun to play with that idea. Awesome. Um, what are some of the what? Well, what you you've played a lot. What is your favorite? What is your favorite? system to use my favorite system i do really like gerps but there's so much about it that i don't know mm-hmm. and we're we're learning that together we <laughs> as, as we play <laughs> my favorite system might just be dungeons and dragons because i'm familiar with it it's uh-huh. like i can jump in and gm a D, uh, dungeons and dragons game without the books mm-hmm. um, Things will be done wrong, but I have a <laughs> I have a good enough understanding of the game that we can make that happen. Um, you know, to be honest, a lot of times the the systems, the mechanics of the game themselves aren't really good or bad. It's mm-hmm. just kind of there, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's more about the story and who you're playing with. Exactly. Yeah. But fourth fourth edition of D and D was probably my favorite, and I know it's like the least popular one. Everybody else hated fourth edition, um, and I'm like, but fourth edition made it like a video game, and everyone's like, exactly. That's why I hated it. I and love like I, I I'm right there with you, Todd. I loved four E, and I I think it got right? a lot of flack. I think I got a lot of unnecessarily flat unnecessary flack. I thought it was cool. Yeah. But I, there were some very cool game options. I like what the, I like five E. I think it's interesting. Um, I felt like I had more leeway in in fourth edition. I, I like that in fourth edition you had a stack of cards for all the attacks. Yeah, and you could like hand them out. Like if you were playing with somebody new, you could just hand them the card, like print the cards out and hand them to them, mm-hmm. and say these are your attacks. Every turn, you'll pick one of these. Mm-hmm. And that made it easy for new people. You know what I mean? Like when you don't have that and you play with somebody new, 
You're like, okay, the monster is uh, standing adjacent to you, and uh, it's your turn. What do you want to do? And they're like, um, am I am I allowed to drink a health potion? I'm like, yeah. Like, I'm, am I allowed to run away? I'm like, well, yeah, but let me explain, you know, attacks of opportunity to you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, that doesn't make any sense, but whatever. Uh, could I hit him with my sword? I'm like, yeah, that's probably a good way to go. I don't want to tell you how to play your character, but yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> um, but when they have cards that, you know, say attack with your sword and this is what it does. They're just like, oh, I, I play this card. And it's like, great. Let's yeah, read what I, the card I, does I, and do it. I really like systems that have very clear actions that you can do, because I think especially when you're working with somebody new, um, it's it's hard to know what all your options are. And then exactly. you, know, you you make a decision based on thinking you can only do X and Y when there's so many other things you can do. And, and so, yeah, I can, I can definitely see how that helps. Uh, I, I think that's one of the things we struggle with in our Grimms campaign. It's like, all right, well, what are our options here? We know it's anything, <laughs> but we <laughs> have stats in anything. <laughs> Exactly. I'm always in GURPS. Oh my gosh, I love it, but I need to spend more time just reading the rule books. I'm always like, yeah, you can do that, but what would we roll for it? Exactly. Yeah. And I'm always going back to D&D. I'm like, is there an athletics check in GURPS? Mm-hmm, Does mm-hmm. that exist in this game? Surely. Because <laughs> well, you 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 know you know you have a very limited amount of actions you can take in Dungeons and Dragons. It's not that you can't do something. It's just, it's going to have to fit in one of these categories. Mm-hmm. And there's just no categories. <laughs> it's like, well, you can just do whatever you want. And it's like, okay, but I don't know how to do whatever. <laughs> so if it like on, on the editing side of our shows, if you were to, if you were to sit over my shoulder and watch me edit, there's a lot of cutting out of large swaths of book flipping <laughs> Where we're yeah. all going, all right, what page are you on? Okay, I see that. Yeah, I don't think that's what we're trying to do. Let's and then somebody else will say, Well, how about this? Okay, we all flip to that page. <laughs> yep, exactly. And you know, and that is part of tabletop role-playing games mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. for sure. But uh, I do really appreciate you editing it and deleting it because it's probably no fun to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like, there's just, it's very easy to delete because there's just these long swaths of quiet <laughs> where people are reading rules. None of the um, lines are moving here. So, well, and I, I think you and I both, because we were a little bit more familiar with GURPS than everybody else, when people had to start rolling characters, <laughs> we, there were a lot of questions. They were like, I don't, I don't know what to do. And oh my God, the maths. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I I felt like character creation I had a fairly good handle on. Mm -hmm. But the problem without having much gameplay knowledge is people are like, well, what should I do? What makes a good character in GURPS? And I'm like, I don't really know. It seems like this number is probably important. Right, right. Make this number big. That's my (laughs) advice. Probably will help. Definitely. Yeah. And we've had, we've had some fun, fun moments where, and the nice thing is, is that you're not, you're, you're reasonable when you sit there and go, okay, obviously we are missing this skill. So we either need to bring in a player that's going to have this skill or (laughs) we're going to have to shift some points around. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, we've we've had a few new people come into the game over time, and there's always that question of like, well, what? I mean, I want I want them to have the freedom to make their character however they want, but at the same time, is there anything the party needs that mm-hmm. maybe it would be good if they knew? You know, right, right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, well, any any other any other insight into what the future of uh, of cautious optimism holds for us? Like any anything you're most excited about coming up? Um, I I'm very excited to see where the story goes because you guys as players have I'm trying to give you guys a lot of freedom and a lot of choice, and that means that I don't know what's going to happen. So much of it depends on what you guys decide to do. Mm-hmm. And when when you talk about how you have decisions that could have an impact on the greater universe. That is very true. And like there are those decisions are going to affect what happens in the story down the road. So it's, it becomes futile at a certain point for me to say, if they do this, then this will happen. And if they do that, then this other thing will happen. Because first of all, you guys usually do a third thing that I never even thought of. Right. Um, But secondly, the more we play, the more of those, if then statements happen that eventually the the number of branches of possible futures becomes incalculable. And I just have to sit back and say, I wonder how this is going to turn out. It's a very complicated flowchart at this point. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I love it. I love it. And as, as hard as it is for me, uh, I do love it when you guys do things I never expected because that is, it's exciting. It's exciting. I'm like, oh my gosh, I never thought of that. That's a great idea. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, what's going to happen when they do that? And, and then it's like, oh, wait, I'm the GM. I have, <laughs> I'm, I'm supposed to know what happens when they do that. Oops. I'll figure that out. But I, I love that. So I don't, I don't know where it's going to go, but I'm excited to, to take that journey with you all. Awesome. Well, I think I think everybody is is having a blast, and I hope everybody listening goes over and checks out episode one of As the Dice Rolls. That's the first episode of our Cautious Optimism GURPS campaign, and it's a, a fun. It's a small. It's a small group at the beginning, but we we very quickly expand. <laughs> we, we pick up strays yeah. along the way, quite literally, and. Um, and yeah, so I hope you guys uh, get a chance to look at that. Uh, give us some feedback. Let us know what you think. But uh, it, there's a lot of a lot of fun stuff coming up in that in that show. So, what what have you? What was your inspiration for horse feathers? Or are, are you you're a player in horse feathers, right? I'm a player in horse feathers. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I and I do want to get I do want to get Drew on here. Uh, like I said, he's he's in the middle of of taxes hell, um, and will be until cool. until April, but. Uh, he is, he's always, he's told me that he's always kind of wanted a very loose, fun way of playing because the whole idea is that we're having fun and hanging out and it's not Mm -hmm. so much that we're following rules. And so, uh, he has mentioned that his, the way he approaches it is he says, okay, so I want them to fight this monster but what can I do to this monster that makes it different than every other time they've seen this monster? Yeah. And, uh, and the first episode doesn't really let us, cause he, I, I like the fact that he just throws us right into the, the, the action. Like the very first episode is basically just the entire episode is a battle, but 
by the second episode, because I've already kind of edited it a little bit, um, you start to see where he's going with the story and it's just ridiculous, but in, in such a fascinating, fun way. And it leaves it open for so many different fun directions that we can go. Um, I mean, just want just just creating characters for that campaign because you never know. You kind of like, all right, well, how are people like? How serious are people taking this? And so when Chris said, "Well, I'm going to be playing a, a fighter that thinks he's a pro wrestler," and then my brother's like, "Well, I'm going to play a gnome who thinks he's a giant black dragon," and and so it just I'm like <laughs> okay, I'm like, okay, so this is the direction we're going with this campaign. Like, it is mostly what's going to make us laugh and have fun. And that's what we're going to throw out there. So it's a very, very different feel like ours um, for, for cautious optimism, very world building, very puzzle solving, very mystery um, intrigue. <laughs> it's going to become interplanetary intrigue very quickly <laughs> um, where the, the other one we're, we're at a fair, we're trying to figure out why we're at this fair and we're just, we're just, ridiculous not necessarily good people <laughs> and and we're having fun being those people well that's that's fantastic I, i'm looking forward to listening to that i like that every other episode on uh the show is going to be other people so i can listen to it and enjoy it without having to be so self-critical because when i listen to cautious optimism like we said hearing my own voice and and listening to my own decisions, it's not as fun as just listening to other people and enjoying that content. So, right. Yeah. I know it's definitely, I, I, I like the idea of having multiple campaigns running on the same podcast. Cause it gives people, not everybody's going to listen to every campaign. Some people are going to like cautious optimism more. Some people are going to like horse feather saga more and that's fine. But the idea that we're kind of creating a community of, of players that we can kind of enjoy each other's content and I, it feels it feels very geek to geek media network to me. <laughs> I don't know if you feel the same way, but it feels very much like this is a community of people playing playing tabletop games together. Absolutely, I think I think we've captured that vibe, and we invite you, the listener at home, to join us at our virtual table by listening to our new podcast as the dice roll. I'm totally putting that in all my promos. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Todd, for being on the show today. Do you have any shout outs this week? Shout outs. Yeah. Just people you want to thank or give a nod to. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So earlier you had asked me about uh, geeky things that I thought deserve more attention than they're getting or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, after the fact, I came up with one that I want to shout out. At this moment, I'm just going to repurpose that answer for this part of the show. Go for I, want, I want to shout out the podcast called There Will Be Dungeons. It is a actual play D&D &D podcast that I really enjoy. It's uh, got Scott Johnson, who's done a whole bunch of other podcasts. You may know him. Oh, yes. um, and uh, yeah, There Will Be Dungeons. is It's a great D&D &D podcast. It's a lot of fun. Probably dumb for me to announce a competing podcast of the <laughs> same genre that I'm trying to promote. I'm sorry. I'm bad at this. 
But that's <laughs> not it's not like pie, Todd. <laughs> you can have you can have plenty of pod. Just having one, you know, having one podcast does not mean you cannot listen to another. <laughs> there, there you go. It's like pie. You can eat pie all day long with no ramifications. <laughs> but no, they're a great podcast. And like everybody's heard of uh, uh, critical, um, critical geek or whatever, critical, critical role. That one, everybody's <laughs> heard of that super popular one whose name I forgot because I'm a dummy. Um, everyone's heard of that, and everyone's heard of the one with the three brothers and those types of things. But there will be dungeons is just as good as all those other ones, and it deserves a bigger audience. So after you finish listening to as the dice roll, and you're still jonesing for more actual play. Rolled play, rolled table, rolled games. Go listen to There Will Be Dungeons. Awesome. Very cool. I want to give a shout out to Drew, Chris, Mike, and Charlie. Um, they are the uh, the cast of the Horse Feather Saga. And um, again, while, while Todd and I and Kelly and Bama and eventually Bijan and Raven, we're all, we're all old people old hats at podcasting at this point, <laughs> but, uh, but Drew, Chris, Mike and Charlie are brand new. And I think they, they really knocked it out of the park. I think they, they're, like I said, they're very excited. And I'm, my, my phone has been blowing up this morning as they talk about all the different things that they're um, discovering now that they're listening to their voices on, on podcasts. So congratulations, boys. Have you had any of them? Say, uh, you know what? I'm embarrassed myself. Take it down. Take it down. I was Abort. a little, I was a little worried that Drew was going to be that person, just because he was like, okay, I, I want to listen to it before you put it up, just because I want, I want final okay. And I had no problem doing that because I feel like, yeah, I don't want to put you out there if you're not comfortable being put out there. And so this morning he said something along the effect of, "Oh my God, it's great. The only thing I would change would be me." <laughs> <laughs> and then we we are are quickly assuring him that no he is he's doing a fine job that's how everybody who makes a podcast feels oh yeah oh yeah especially when you first start it's like i it's that imposter syndrome <laughs> you're like i don't know what i'm doing well nobody nobody knows what they're doing when they start out so i i think there's that that sense of well it's just talking how hard can it be and then you do it and you listen and you're mm-hmm. like oh my gosh i'm terrible at this I didn't think it would be that hard. I've listened to other people make podcasts and they sound cool. Why do I sound like a bloody idiot? <laughs> well, and then and then every once in a while, because I, I this is this started out as a a interview show. The worst thing is when you get somebody to to interview and they don't answer anything. It, 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 when you get these long stretches, you're doing all the talking. You're like, come on, buddy, give me something. <laughs> give me something. <laughs> You know, I bet there have been a lot of memoirs of people who've done, you know, televised interview shows mm-hmm. that uh, probably talk about that exact situation, that exact problem. Yeah. I'm sure somebody went on Letterman or something once and was just like, uh, yeah, watch my movie. <laughs> That's all I got. It's true. It's true. <laughs> awesome. All right. Next week. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. So I, I know that you are kind of have gotten into the Marvel movies. Are you going to watch WandaVision? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm excited. I, I I have heard that in the comics, Wanda has done some crazy things because she's super powerful. Oh, yeah. Um, Very much so. And so I've always been a little disappointed because in the movies, she doesn't sound as powerful as people have told me she is in the comics. 
Um, so I'm really hoping that WandaVision is that, you know, she has broken the world and turned it all into a 1950s sitcom or something. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for the possible ramifications. Um, so, yeah, I'm stoked. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited. So that's what Ray Ray's going to be back next week, and we're going to talk about Wandavision. Um, we're just probably going to. I think they're releasing it weekly, so I don't think we're only going to be able to have one episode under our belt. But we're we're going to geek the hell out of that one, one at a time. I know. Why well, we're assuming because that's how they're doing Mandalorian. So we're guessing it's going to be the same thing. Guys, guys, guys! It's the internet age. Just make all your content. And then give it to us all at once. Although, as I say that, I realize that's the opposite of what we're doing. <laughs> Very much so. Roll. So, you know what? Never mind. I take it back. Forget I said anything. You can just <laughs> edit that of, part out. It's right? a lot of editing, Todd. It's a lot, <laughs> a lot of very fast editing. <laughs> Whoopsie doodle. <laughs> never mind. Once a week is fine. Every other <laughs> week is good, too. Whatever you're comfortable with. Alrighty. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound is being used under Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the Geek to Geek Network. Check out other Geek to Geek shows, the Geek to Geek Podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Disney Forever, You Can't Stop Stop Me Love and K-Pop, Todd Show, The Nerdberg Review, My HGTV Addiction, JRPGs and Me, Dragon Quest FM, and sometimes Rob and our newest podcast, As the Dice Roll. Also check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J and Bamashox, and make sure to join us in Slack or Discord, where you can chat with us in real time. You can currently find us at geektitude.com, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Todd, where can we find you? Uh, the only place I'm at besides my podcast is really Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter as A-R-O-N-1701. Aaron, spelled with only one A, was the main character in the comic strip that I used to do a long time ago. And that was my main thing when I got on Twitter. Uh, and one seven zero one is, uh, you know, the enterprise is NCC one seven zero one. So that's where that Twitter name comes from. It doesn't make sense anymore since I don't do the comic anymore, but anyway, A-R-O-N one seven zero one, follow me on Twitter. And anytime I do anything cool, I'll tweet about it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us this week, Todd. It was nice to actually sit down and talk to you without having to jump into a role playing game. Without having me say, okay, the fate of the universe is in your hands. What do you do? <laughs> it's so hard to, it's like, I mean, I, I've had time to talk to, to Kelly on her own and, and Raven on her own, just because we've, we've hung out, you know, on the internet, but you and I have not hung out yet. So this has been fun. Yeah, this has been great. Thank you so much for having me on your show, man. This is fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for the rest of you out there listening, remember this week, keep it geek. <laughs>